Greg, it is hot in here. It's nice and cool in my place because I, you know, it's always cool where I'm at. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, believe, I believe your wife sold me a He-Man of uh, the power of cool, you know, air freshener to hang in my car. And that's yes. probably about as cool as you. Well, you know, I mean, it is pretty cool. It's He-Man. And he's got that's cool true. sunglasses. <laughs> well, just for you and the listeners, I closed all of the windows in this office that faces uh, west. And it is warm in here. The dog is down on the ground, sprawled out as far as she possibly can. You know how they spread their feet out, like as far down on the ground. Yes. I'm not sure why she wanted to hang out with you in here while it was so hot, but you know, she just won't leave me alone today. (laughs) Just wants to chill and hang out. Apparently. I mean, I did take her to Mud Bay today, so I think she's pretty thankful. Ah, yes. Always. Dogs love that place. Yeah. And if people aren't aware, Mud Bay is both a bay and a doggy treat store so she got a whole bucket full of doggy treats and she got to pick out her own big treat so she Mm. i let her sniff around the store and then whichever one she like starts to try to lick that's the one i buy for her lucky dog she is a lucky dog and she's and after the fireworks yesterday i thought she deserved a treat yes since she was hiding most of yesterday as were mine that was uh well although like i mean we we gave them their their calm down medication and they just kind of like curled up, hung out and didn't care too much. Cause we watched some, some, some movies and they just hung out on the bed. But yeah, I celebrated this weekend by finishing off umbrella Academy. So ah, nice. I probably won't tell you how it went. Cause I know you haven't watched it. No, I have not. We were, we were watching stranger things. So I've already finished that. So wait, were there new stranger things? Well, I mean, like we watched all the Stranger Things. Oh, okay. So you start at the beginning and rewatch them. Yeah. Well, I mean, as one does. Okay. I'm just making sure there wasn't like another eight that came out or something like there that. Was, dude, there was like nine more. Did they just come out? No. Like, oh, did I miss that? I mean, yeah. I was watching Umbrella Academy to tide me over. No, they, they, yeah, they released nine more. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> You're like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You know, you're just you're not going to get to me today. I'm, I'm here. You're Our here. one listener appreciates this witty banner. As yes. you can tell, we're recording this the day after the 4th of July. Who knows when I'll actually post it, but it is being recorded then. So, you know, where we're at in space and time. Yeah, well, that it also it gives context to if you hear explosions outside, the, outside of my window, because I live off of County Road. So people continue to celebrate. Uh, ongoing throughout the next week. <laughs> and I no longer live in the county, so hopefully people will not continue to celebrate. Well, you know, I mean, people do what they do. I still live in Tacoma, though, so... People do what they do. <laughs> you all, and you all can track me down. At, oh, wait, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> no. We may have more than one listener. It's entirely yes, possible. It's true. We might. And they might track you down. <laughs> Well, what are we doing here? It looks like we have a a cover. Oh my goodness, a cover. There's a cover in front of us, before us, a cover. My friend calls this the Crazy Eyes cover. Yes, it is a Crazy Eyes cover. <laughs> I had never thought about it until it was referred to that way. I, I, have, I have the t-shirt, and I rebought the t-shirt, and grabbed it, and he's like, oh, you got another Crazy Eyes cover t-shirt. And I was like, what? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> 
That so before we completely reveal what we're doing today, do you have any past relationship with this comic book? Um, yes. I mean, well, tell us sense, about it. In, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks, Greg. Yes. <laughs> Wait for me to cue you up there. There you go. I That's have how we that. do this on this professional podcast. I cue Greg up and he says yes and stops talking. Yes, I have read it. There you go. That's all you need to know. That's it. That that's your past relationship yeah, with this book. The past that's relationship it. with this book. Um, oh, there go my dogs. They're barking. The at dogs something. apparently have a past relationship with this book. I, I think I think my grandma's deciding to go to bed, so she's going up the stairlifter right now, and the dogs are guiding her up the stairs. Um, <laughs> Fantastic! This is a great podcasting right here. I know. There's no way to bark, make it bark, stop. Bark bark. There's no way to make it stop. Yeah. Um. We're at 521. That's awesome. So we were about at 510 when this started. I'm just going to take a little note of that. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the uh, um, my my experience outside of reading this comic. Uh, let's see. This is the the cover in which I um, I had my uh, that that fanboy moment of like I uh, I, I like your cover <laughs> and. I had the, yeah, that's a nice kid <laughs> moment. You did. And we referred to this experience uh, an episode ago. Yes, we did. And that was your experience meeting one Mr. Neil Adams. Yes. And and, and I, I I didn't, I, I, huge loss of words. Like everything, it was that, that um, I know there's a lot more that I want to tell you and a lot more I want to say, but I, I couldn't get anything else out. And I'm pretty sure that cemented the your your gobsmacked idiot. <laughs> and it's okay because I did all the talking for us. Yes, you did. Day. Yes, you did. For like 30 minutes. Yes, you did. And uh, of course, in Funny Book Forensics number 249, we reviewed Green Lantern number 87, the first appearance of Jon Stewart. And now we are going back to issues and we are reviewing Green Lantern number 85. <gasps> 85. The beautiful banner of the shocking truth about drugs. <gasps> Where DC attacks the youth's greatest problem. Drugs. Dun, dun, dun. And on the cover, it tells us how the issue is going to happen. So we don't need to read the issue. No, we don't. I mean, it basically like lays it all out right there. Yeah. I just, just you know, they say that, you know, it, I do think this is interesting because a lot of Marvel comics at the time who they were really trying to copy for this story. And just to give you a little bit of layout to we're going to cover, I'm going to try to stay away from the history a little bit. It's going to be sprinkled in throughout the book, but just a little bit on these two issues, I'm going to hit the history in the middle. So a little bit at the end of this episode and mostly at the start of at the next episode, and then we'll get into the second issue. So this is a two parter of green lantern, green arrow. We had just gone through the storyline where Green Lantern and Green Arrow travel across the United States. Green Lantern loses some of his powers. Green Arrow loses all of his money. And they decide to go across the country to reconnect with people. And they have just gotten back. Yep. And that reconnection with people, they met uh, some very interesting folks along the way. Uh, they met some miners uh, mm -hmm. who were holding a town in Colorado hostage. Uh, they helped some Native Americans in Washington State and some timber country, and they got in a fight with each other on a river while they were doing this. Uh, they also found somebody very Christ-like, so to speak, who was trying to protect animals from airplanes. 
Uh, yes. They ran into a they ran into a plastic city along the way, <laughs> and they ran into Malthusis, uh, which was the overpopulation planet. So there was a lot of, of things that happened uh, uh, during this time period, and and, and now they're here. And the population planet might have been after this, but I'm pretty sure it was before. But there was a lot of things going on. The comics were addressing a lot of social issues. Uh, so it makes sense that Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams would address drug use in New York City. Yeah. And consequently, you think this is a bold new direction for DC. And it was because DC was a funny kids book company. They did Happy Superman and Happy Batman. And that's what they did. And so this book had been in publication long enough for them to address the social issues that the readers should have been okay with in addressing social issues. And of course, in uh, 87, they give the first African-American a Green Lantern ring in the John Stewart issue. But really, a little bit before this, and again, I'm not going to get too much into the history, but in the early 70s, or early 1971, so this is the early, early 70s, this is late 1971, middle 1971, so cover date September, which means it probably went on sale three, four months before then. Mm-hmm. And Marvel Comics had already published a drug storyline in Spider-Man comics. And the reason that was groundbreaking was because those comics ran without the Comics Code Authority stamp. Whoa. And we're going to get into that later. Okay. But for now, we're going to focus on this one that does have the Comics Code Authority stamp. So somehow the Comics Code Authority between late 1970 and now had decided that talking about drugs and comics was now okay. And putting it right on the cover. <laughs> and pretty much because publishing the Spider-Man books pretty much killed the Comics Code Authority in a sense. So it did last much longer. Eh, if, if, <laughs> if Marvel Comics could just publish books and have record sales numbers without the code, then who needs the code? Mm-hmm. Who needs the censorship? But it's here. It's back. So DC continues to get approval. So it's interesting that the same reviewers who wouldn't put the code on the Spider-Man books went ahead and put them on this book. Interesting. And this book goes all out to let you know that it's going to be about drugs. Because right here we have a cover. We have Green Lantern standing here saying, you always have all the answers, Green Lantern. Well, what's your answer to this? And then Green Lantern with his bulging eyes says, my word speedy is a junkie. And there is Speedy with his heroin kit right on the cover. Right there. With the needle and everything. Yep. We probably haven't seen a needle on a cover like this. I, I can't say there was never one, but uh, prominently since the horror comics no. in the 50s, which prompted yeah. the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. All those EC comics. <laughs> yep. All the EC comics with the, the famous one, of course, with the needle pointing toward the eye. But mm-hmm. there's you know tons of them. And we hadn't seen things like this on covers. So... In, in addition to this being a groundbreaking piece, and like I said, we'll, we'll talk about Neil Adams and, and Denny O'Neill's thoughts uh, probably at the start of the next episode. But this was was groundbreaking to the reader and kind of shocking, not just in the sense of there's drugs, but there's a needle. There's just different things here that haven't been happening before. Yes. And can much. you imagine uh, the parent grabbing this off the stands in the early 70s? Oh, yeah. Or finding it like on their kids, like, you know, in their stuff or whatever. And like, what are you reading? (laughs) And DC comics had raised their price to 25 cents to deal with inflation, but in doing so also dropped uh, some gold or some silver age stories in the back of this book, even though we're just heading out of the silver age, right? We're in the, to the bronze (laughs) age. And the contrast of the stories, or we're not going to cover the second story is fantastic. (gasps) It's so good. It is so good, but the, the we'll, we'll talk about the contrast at the end yeah. of of the Green Lantern 
fighting space aliens mm-hmm. versus the seriousness of this and how the two really don't mesh at all. Oh, they're so far off. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, it's two two different things completely. And if, if you want a hint of this, you could go back to Funny Book Forensics number 248 where we review the first appearance of Guy Gardner in mm-hmm. Green Lantern Volume 2, Issue 59. So... This is issue 85. So from issue 59 to 85, we've had a complete transformation of the book. Oh, yeah, definitely. And including, as we referenced in those other two episodes in in 248 and and, uh, 249, uh, going from John Broom, the writer, and Gil Kane, legendary Gil Kane as the artist, to covering uh, to Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. So... A huge switch in the creative team to move into this. Definitely. Big changes. So so I said I wouldn't talk about much history, but I did want to give you at least that much to go ahead and set up the book. You had to set it up. You had to tee it up a bit because to jump into it and and you have to you have to have that that background to be able to go into it. So and of course, uh, we turned the page. And if this isn't shocking enough, you, too, can buy your own Polaris nuclear sub for six ninety eight. That is rad. I want one. It's seven I feet feel long. like Bremerton would be really upset if you could just buy these. Yeah, I know. It's big enough for two kids. You could put two kids inside. <laughs> of a Polaris nuclear sub? Good yeah, grief. You know, electrically lit, controls at work. Wow. That's wild. I assume that this is a sub that is nuclear powered, not one that can fire nuclear weapons. I, I don't know. It's got a rocket on top. I, I don't know. It has a nuclear symbol, too. Oh, it does. Oh, it has a Polaris missile. Ah, holy crap. I I mean, why are we selling? I guess it fires torpedoes. It's rockets. I don't know about this. This seems 200 pounds crazy materials. I mean, yeah, I these kids seem really happy about murdering all of their friends around the world. It's got, you know, torpedoes and everything else, you know, maybe it's just a Maybe it's just the instructions to build one. <laughs> Along this hat, we have seven foot tall monster sized monsters. That's awesome, too. I would I, I I would prefer the monsters over the sub because oh, you know, I would actually want Frankie for my wall. Yeah, because I mean, like sub, you had to like carry that. If it's like 200 pounds, you need like, you know, people to help carry it. And then everybody wants to turn in your sub and stuff like that. Your monsters, you just put them up on the wall. They're there with you, for you, you know, hanging out and stuff like that. They're just cool. And Frankenstein looks way cooler than Bony the Skeleton. Eh, true, true. And honestly, did they really need to name him Bony the Skeleton? Like, we get it. Yeah, we get it. He's Bony the Skeleton. He couldn't have another name like like Jeff? <laughs> Jeff. He's Jeff. Jeff the Skeleton. Maybe I'd be a big fan of Jeff the Skeleton. Jeff the Skeleton. Okay, well... We'll make we'll make our own run of skeletons and they'll just be Jeff the skeleton. So we get into page one and I will read this word for word. Some will say the following story should not be told. There will be those who argue that such events have no place in an entertainment magazine. Perhaps they're right. But we don't think so because we've seen these noble creatures, human beings, wrecked, made less than animals, plunged into hell of agonies. We've seen it. We're angry. And this is our protest. Denny O'Neill, writer, Neil Adams artist and Julius Schwartz editor who had to approve publishing this with the title snowbirds don't fly. Okay. So they, it's funny. It's almost like they're attacking the comics code who let them publish it anyway, right up front. (laughs) It's like, we had to write it anyway. We won, but we're going to say it anyway. Or anyone that can test it. Right. You know, 
anybody that's got some boo to say about it. And I, I don't know, you know, if there's an analog going on in our society right now about people who would say that they're angry and have seen too much of something or something that people use to murder people and then they're tired of it and they want to talk about it and they're censored and they continue to want to talk about it and they want to get rid of them. And I don't, I don't know if there's any analog right now. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I mean, besides fentanyl. I'm sure that, yeah. <laughs> so snowbirds don't fly. So we have uh, Oliver Queen, mm-hmm. not in his green arrow garb, walking down his street toward his tenement apartment. And we have three people that look like they have sticks or rolled up paper. I can't really sure. Yeah. And they are scared. That's, but yeah. they look like they're about but- to ambush somebody. I mean, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to beat somebody up here and, and you're, you're, uh, you're, you're out to do something bad. You're, you got, there's, there's, there's an element of fear in there, right? Yeah. I would say that a little anxiety, a little anxious, yeah, yeah. a little pumped up. Yeah. And so here we go and we are on to the next page and we've got these guys, they surround Oliver Queen and they say, give me your wallet. And they do not, does not go as planned. No, it does not go as planned. They, Oliver Queen fights back. They did not expect one guy to fight against three. They expected him just to hand over his money. And as the fight goes on and Greg tap taps ops on his computer, we have an interesting plot twist. (gasps) Someone has a crossbow. Oh no, this is not going to go well. And they shoot Ollie in the shoulder. And after all those fights in the previous issues and all the adventures, the green arrow goes down to a crossbow shot in the shoulder. Ugh, rotten. And then we get a really telling scene. So, you know, the front cover advertises that this is an issue about drugs, but it's so much more because we get some silent panels and, well, they're not completely silent, but we have Oliver Clean. He's down on the ground. And two people walk by saying they shouldn't get involved. Mm -hmm. He gets to a phone in New York City and it's broken down out of order. He can't call somebody. He crawls toward a police officer writing parking tickets who feels like writing parking tickets is more important than helping the person next to me. Grabs him, says, help me. And he says, go home and sleep it off and walks away. Doesn't even check on him. Finally, he flags down a taxi. He rolls in the emergency room. The nurse won't even look up from the station. And he mutters, isn't modern civilization wonderful? And he falls into the nurse's station, knocking everything everywhere. And finally, the next scene, he is seen by a doctor who notes that uh, the shaft chipped the bone, um, but it wasn't infected. And Ollie takes a look at the arrow and boom, he finds out that it's one of (gasps) his. One of his? Oh, man. Yeah. Which How I don't know that he actually says yet, but I know he says it at uh, some point in the story. It's got to be embarrassing, though. I mean, he's, he's looking at it like, it, like it, it's familiar. Yeah. So he gets off there and he calls his buddy Hal Jordan. And we've got to Hal Jordan and he starts his chant, Brightest Day and Blackest Night, because he feels like his pal is in trouble. He's got to get to him. And the best way to get there, you know. To fly. <laughs> and you can also get some Aurora, you know, monster scenes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. When I saw that, I was, I remember as a kid going to garage sales and stuff like that and, and seeing those. And I was always like, I really want to buy these. <laughs> you should have bought them. I will. I mean, I, if I could have, but like I was a kid, 
I'd be forcing <laughs> you to sell them now. Yes. If you had bought them. If I had bought them, yes. I, I probably would sell them now. <laughs> I just remember seeing them at garage sales and like, so sad. Well, we get into the next page and Green Lantern flies, shows up at Ollie's apartment. And here they are. Um, he's in his green arrow garb now with a sling on, which seems like a good idea. Yeah. And that's where he points out he was zapped by one of his own arrows. Oh, man. And he sort of comes to the realization that maybe he shouldn't leave these lying all over the city. Yeah, it's a bad idea. And now he's worried because he hasn't seen Speedy in a month. Well, that's because they were traveling across the country. I can't yeah. believe he didn't, like, call him and check in. Right? That seems pretty hey, terrible. Hey, kid, how you doing? <laughs> nah, I'm not worried about you. Yeah, you're, you're fine. You're good. You're a good kid. Well, Speedy was home alone, apparently, and... Now we get back to Green Lantern and Green Arrow and they head out and they start looking for the guys that got him and they head down into a basement together, which always seems like a good idea. Just showing up in a basement unannounced. Yep. And they see a kid begging for something. I don't know if they actually say what it is, but he is not doing well. No, he's not doing too good. And there are rats everywhere. And he goes up to this guy. I'm begging on my knees. He's like, get out. Um, and won't give him any drugs and tells the guy, kid, he's not even a good doormat. And the kid's crying, saying he can't take the pain. And he's saying his gut is on fire. And Green Lantern, of course, because he's Green Lantern's <laughs> like, what's wrong with that guy? What? What? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and Green Arrow's like, he's withdrawing. And then he calls him a snowbird. Uh, so I, I don't know that a snowbird is is a term used now. No, I don't think so either. But I, I think back then it meant like a like a heroin user. Yeah. Hence the white powdery stuff that you're yeah. shooting. Yeah. Yeah. I think now now a snowbird is somebody who, who goes to goes to the desert for the winters. <laughs> ah, well, I mean, it could be the same thing. I bet they use a lot of F oh, other drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, aspirin, ibuprofen, um, heroin. <laughs> No, no, they're you know, elderly what, people. What's the difference, really? <laughs> elderly, elderly folks, dude. <laughs> Wait, Tylenol 3? Yeah, Tylenol 3. They've got some aches and pains. Anyways. Maybe well-medicated. Well, <laughs> so the guy looks out and he looks at Green Lantern and Green Arrows. He's like, you guys holding a convention? Zip your lips. He's like yelling at them. He doesn't yeah. even recognize them as superheroes, which I think is hilarious. And they capture him really quickly. And they point out that this guy, Green Arrow's like, the kid outside needs a fix really bad. And uh, they deposit, they're going to take one to the police and one to the hospital. Uh, but Green Arrow is mad still, and he wants to know where Speedy is. So he makes him tell him about Speedy. Okay, so here we are, and we get to another scene. We've got two of the guys that, the two other guys that were trying to rob Green Arrow uh, are in the apartment. Uh, with a bunch of ancient weapons. And it just happens that one of the kids' dads is a collector of ancient weapons. He collects the ancient weapons. And so as he's getting into the story, we have uh, one African-American kid and one... Uh, Asian I would American say nondescript kid. Asian kid. We don't yeah. find out what country he's from, though I'm he, guessing China, because he, he says his dad yeah. pretends he's Genghis Khan. Yeah. And 
he says, my pops collection all day long. He answers to, uh, I'll just say ethnic slur about Asians referring to eyes, which you all can probably figure out. And then he says his dad pretends like he's Genghis Khan. So that's why he has all these weapons. And he says, I found another escape. And the other kid says, you're coming on strong. So you get insulted. Hey, um, that's nothing. You know, what you're called is nothing compared to what I'm called, the N word. And so they're getting into a discussion of how the drugs help them cope with society and make it more bearable because they're treated so terribly by others. And now they turn to a nondescript person in the window. But if you know Green Lantern and Green Arrow, if you know Green Arrow specifically, and if you go back to the Silver Age and the Golden Age, even there is a redheaded person in the window, which tells me that's probably going to be Speedy. <laughs> Green Arrow's sidekick yeah. all the way back to things like the Arrow car, all the way back to National Comics going way, way back. Yeah. So... We're going to pause for one second, Greg. The okay. chair that you own yes. is obnoxious. I can't help it. It is the loudest chair in the world. I I understand. WD-40 is your friend. Well, eventually. Eventually. I can't do it right now. That's fair. Well, so they ask Roy if he has a reason for being a hophead. And of course, Speedy's name is Roy Harper. He is the adopted ward of Green Arrow, Oliver Queen. Because, of course, Oliver Queen has a ward because Batman did, right? Yeah. Makes a sense. A Burt Ward. Mm, that's, I don't think that's Burt Ward. Oh, not Burt Ward. Burt Ward got high by sparring with Bruce Lee. I oh. learned that in the Spoilerverse. Oh, really? Okay. On the Spoiler Country podcast. Yes. Featuring Burt Ward. So you had no idea, but he used to spar with Bruce Lee. Cool. <laughs> we will have to look that up and I can <laughs> tell you, I'll even tell you where it's at because I've got the site open. But as I pull that up <laughs> and we see where that Burt Ward interview is, you can see it right here. Uh, he says uh, they're talking to the kids and they say, hold on, we need me no harm. We're just trying to look for a buddy and they want to talk to them. And Speedy shows up and says, ah, you plan to lock me up too, Green Arrow. He says, Speedy, I can't say I'm surprised to find you in this hole. And Speedy's like, you're not? <laughs> you're like, not. what? What? Why? And Green Arrow's like, oh, you vanished. I knew you had to be on the trail of some baddies. Because, you know, of course, that's all he does is, yeah. you know, just track down bad guys. I figure you were playing undercover agent. Playing. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, super secret operator Speedy. That's me. I had to try out for the funny papers. <laughs> and I do think that's funny because the later writers make him into basically a, a super secret agent. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how the character evolves out of the lines in this book and how much, how, how little the character had been developed over time, but very like in this run, they take elements of things and they, they build them into characters. And we see characters reintroduced from both the golden age and the silver age. They just show up. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the threads from these few issues that happen get pulled later. And they, yeah. They pull them through, push them up and make it into something. Yeah. And by the way, the Burt Ward episode is called Batman's 1966's Robin Burt ah. Ward on the spoiler verse from May 5th, 2020. So it's been a bit, since this came out, but it is right there in the spoiler verse. So if you go to scpod.net, you can too find all about Burt Ward and the comments about fighting Bruce, sparring with Bruce Lee. Cool. Well, now we're back in here and uh, we have this exchange where Speedy's just kind of blowing everything off and no pun intended. And 
uh, Green Arrow asks him, "Any have you found out who's behind this narcotics racket?" And Speedy's like, N- "No, not yet." <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> thinking like how oblivious <laughs> Ollie is to everything that's going on here, right? And the one of the two kids basically like i don't dig this habit i want to see these pushers behind bars even though they were just talking about how great it was a page ago so now that they're in front of authority figures they're like yeah i don't like this but a page ago they're like society is so crappy i have to do this i need it i need it yeah Yeah. and green arrow says that speedy's looking pale (laughs) uh just asks him to sit tight no reason for him to come along (laughs) he's like uh Okay, anything you say. And then he looks kind of sad that his buddy doesn't take him along. Right. He's like, okay. (laughs) Well, so now they head off to an airstrip with the two kids uh, to try to track down the people actually processing and bringing the drugs into the city. And they end up in an airfield. And I'm sure things will go without a hitch. Oh, yeah. Page 14 of a 25-ish page comic book. Yeah. Nothing could possibly go wrong, right? Nothing at all. It's the end of the story right here. Yeah, right here. Wrap up. Wrap up time. Oh, wait. That's, yeah, probably not. So we start out with an antagonist or protagonist. Um, we wipe out that part of the story, and now we're on to a new antagonist halfway through, which are going to be the drug pushers themselves, so the folks that manufacture. So it's interesting how this wipes up. The The first two um, antagonists will make a, a couple of appearances in the rest of the story, so never fear. They'll stick around. The boys stick will stick around. around. Yeah. Like At least a, for a minute. Like a bad habit? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't go so well <laughs> for those two kids. So here we are, and Green Lantern and Green Arrow just walk in. Hey! Like, hey, guys! We're here! <laughs> we're gonna get you! And then they start firing the guns at them. Of course, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Green Lantern plugs the guns with his ring, which should make them explode. So it looks like one of them maybe did explode, which probably should... Did kill the guys holding the guns but you know uh, neither here nor there yeah they get that going there's your chair again right there your chair squeaking could kill people too yeah well i mean it was the sound effect of the gun exploding i mean i see yeah yeah so now we have anyway the one of the kids picks up a wrench that just happens to be laying on a bench and hits green lantern with a wrench yeah a wrench on a bench what a bench Hit it, hits Green Lantern with it. And now Green Arrow tries to fight him with one arm because it makes sense to come into a fight with one arm and a bruise and a chipped bone in your shoulder. Of course. And as one does, then they all beat him up. Beat up real good. Which is ironic in this story because you have to show Green Arrow getting beat up in shadow to get Comics Code Authority <laughs> approval, but you can have drugs hanging out everywhere in the book. Yeah. I mean, they got drugs on the front, they got drugs everywhere else drugs right here have they actually called it heroin yet uh merchandise yeah the pure stuff yeah it's so weird so they're not naming it i'm wondering if that's how they got it approved maybe so so here we are and we get into this uh this is the pure stuff not cut with talcum so not only was it bad for you but it would also give you cancer it was cut with talcum powder Hmm. i've heard a few lawyers will defend you from that interesting yeah so, okay, so they decide instead of killing the people that they've knocked out who are onto them or putting them in, I don't know, whatever, whatever drug dealers do with people yeah, to shoot them up with heroin. Okay. This makes sense. Well, they don't have a, they don't have a, um, they don't have a needle on them. 
They can't shoot them up. Well, on the next page, we get my favorite ad where they're advertising oh. credit to military folks. Which there you go. Yeah. This, some of these ads are really out of place. Like I could say like some of the Universal Monster stuff, maybe a little bit out of place, but I think those were collectibles that were also going to yeah. young, young adults. And mm-hmm. so they are advertised for kids, but I think, you know, old, uh, young adults collected them as well. Uh, the, the young adult or the kids stuff in the front advertising that really doesn't make sense. And then we get die, buy a diamond ring for your loved one in this story. Yeah. I, I just don't know that this is good ad placement. I mean, it's, it's kind of poor taste considering that Oliver just lost all his money. Yeah. Well, and good news too. You can indebt your life to drugs or you can de- indebt your life to national diamond sales. There you go. Our new sponsor on Funny Beck Forensics, National Diamond Sales. Just send an order to 401 15th Street, Oakland, California, 94612. Uh, shipping, handling, and postage and insurance are just $5 an order. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. I wonder if it comes in two days, like at Amazon. Probably not. And Probably it even has a handy-dandy ring si- f- sizer that if the person who had owned the comic book before I bought it had cut out of this magazine, I would have murdered them. <laughs> Just to be clear. Oh, man. They probably would have had to cut the whole page out. Send it off. Ah, okay. So (laughs) now we've. You're welcome. You're crushing my soul. So now they shoot up. uh, Now, okay. So their plot. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm square on the plot here. Yeah. They're going to shoot them full of drugs and then call the cops. Yes. Well, they're going to make them sniff the drugs because they don't have a needle. Yeah make them snort the heroin. Okay. And then they give the kids who some knocked drugs. out, knocked them out some more drugs, but yeah. they give them the uh, pure stuff this time. It's not yeah. cut by anything. Yeah. Okay. And then we, then we get into some of the most ridiculously amazing art I've ever seen in a couple of minutes. This, this art, Neil Adams was channeling his days drawing dead man. And I just, I think they wrote this whole issue just so he could do this. So uh, a page before the amazing, ridiculous art, though, we get a an interesting eight panel grid, almost a nine panel grid of yeah. the kids going away, the police officers coming, then Speedy shows up to wake them up and drag them out of there. And Green Lantern's really out of it because he just got he's heroin zonked. for the first time he's yeah. zonked and this, that, yeah i've definitely felt that way on pain meds after knee surgery and uh, just yeah. sitting in a chair that's why i don't take them uh so here he is uh maybe he needs a fake out job i guess so he's like i bet you can't make the ring work and he tries to use the ring and it creates this giant monstrosity green lantern Whoa. so there's how yeah. and it is going crazy and he says, once again, the narrator says, once again, Green Lantern pours willpower into the mysterious green gem, uh, a willpower sickened by the chemicals polluting his, bo- his blood. A shimmering shape begins to form a twisted, hideous caricature of himself. Twilight, the twilight of truth of the drug transformed into immediate tangible reality by ring slavering, hungry, monstrous. Is that slavering or slavering? Slavering. Slavering. I slavering. You know, I don't think the I don't think the word balloons were necessary here. No, not necessary. At all. It just it I, looks I, it's very obvious what's happening. Yeah. The uh, art speaks for itself. Yeah. He tries to use the ring. It's malformed because his brain's messed up at the time. And then eventually uh, he says that beast is me and it seeks to devour us. And he says, I'm no monster. I'll be a man, no monster. And then he 
gets the uh, big monster Green Lantern to shoot them in a green bubble, and they run away. And he's Speedy's like, nice going. It was pretty hairy there for a minute. He's like, don't distract me or we're going to fall down. Oh, no. And then we get a <gasps> jumbo jet, fly your own 747. Sweet. <laughs> so let's stop and wrap a moment. According to National Publications, Inc., we see a message from Carmen Infantino, editorial director. First, we would like to thank you for buying this DC magazine, even though it has cost you more than usual. But the fact that you bought it is what turns us on, Carmen, really. Carmine, like, no. Okay, so in keeping with our policy through the years of telling it like it is, we are going to level with you now. How much does it sound like a Stan Lee pitch to you? It does. As you must know, the cost of producing our comics these past few years has skyrocketed beyond belief. Nevertheless, we have continued to hold the same price. And since DC has been and is a symbol of only the very best, we could not and would not sacrifice equality for the sake of economy. Of course, you know only too well that the cost of every item in your daily existence has been spiraling up and up and ever upward. Greg, I would know nothing about that. No, no, me neither. In 2022, have have things been spiraling upward and upward for you? Not me. Mm -hmm. Everything seems normal price. Like gas is like a dollar a gallon, right? Oh my God. But we here at DC were determined not to lay the extra cost of production on our readers until the moment that we absolutely had to. That moment has now come, and we must capitulate to the terrible tyrant inflation. (laughs) Capitulate to the terrible tyrant inflation. I need to put that somewhere on all of my social media. It's pretty good. I am capitulating to the terrible tyrant of inflation by eating. You will notice that we have given you with the magazine more pages of your hard earned bread, not just ordinary pages, but specifically selected stories that we plan. We're planning for a special time and that time is now we are confident that you will appreciate the facts even straight and we in turn promise that we will never let you down yours for the best in reading entertainment Carmine Infantino editorial director national publications, which is fascinating because I said I would keep a little bit of the history out of it. Uh, some of it is because the history is right here in the book. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the price go from 12 cents to 25 cents for the book, and they're going to run a back backup story. Uh, and these are the kind of things that start the separation between Neil Adams and comic writing and, yeah. and starting his own company down the road because he sees them publishing the the back issues, not paying him uh, for his art. And, you know, that starts kind of this contentious split where I'm writing these great stories, but you're just going to run a backup story that somebody else drew in the past, not pay them for it. And boom, cut my ability to get money from you. Yeah, not great. It's very interesting. Inflation in the 70s, also not great. No. Inflation in 2022, also not great. No. But the dream of flying your own 747 jumbo jet, pretty cool when you're a kid. <laughs> it is great. Yeah, I I thought that was pretty great. Any idea when we went off the gold standard, Greg? Um, I would say in the 60s. In 1971. 1971? Okay, I was, I was thinking it was, it was right like around 69, 70, but 71, okay, and then the gas crisis... <laughs> wow that's later yep I, no no it, it was yep. like gold standard gas crisis um because of going off the gold standard yeah and then you see a um 
partly because of going off the gold standard. There was also the OPEC embargo, et cetera, but yeah. And then it was a, uh, the, the first, uh, the, there was the large housing crisis that happened pre eighties. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I think we're repeating this, uh, this whole scenario. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're repeating it um, simply because, I mean, you can only switch to a fiat currency once. So it's not like you're going to go back. Um, But yeah, we are definitely I hit an um there because I had to think for a second. It's an interesting scenario. I'm no economist. I've just read a lot and experienced a lot. And I don't know if it'll go exactly the same, but it is an interesting problem where we're looking at potentially currency being worth less and thus things being you know, costing more. You say you say that you can only switch off a fiat, switch to a fiat currency once, but yet you see a lot of people, and this is, I mean, this is way off our normal skewed top, like our our normal discussion. But since we're talking historic uh, with with the comics, and we're seeing kind of a a weird mirror effect in our current times, we did see a large shift in how people want to manage their savings and their their monies in the last two years by shifting off of a uh, um, traditional, uh, I would say, um, investment path to investment crypto. Path, Is that what you're getting to? Yes, or? an investment path and or Let me move you along here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> traditional investment path or traditional um, currency, and moving it into investing in uh, ones and zeros. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I would say, yeah, not, I wouldn't just say crypto, because I, I don't think this can be directly related to crypto. Um, during the pandemic, both uh, online sales were going through the roof and yeah. investing was going through the roof as people yeah. were home mm-hmm. and they had time to do it. So stock trading went crazy during that time. So mm-hmm. I don't think we can blame it all uh, on in crypto in a sense, no. but no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's in crypto. I'm saying, you know, like people, people definitely took a look at their, like, like I, I I took a look at it. I I was, I was meaning it more in like a, um, like a trident, if you will, uh, investment paths, crypto, uh, even in, uh, speculative purchases. Um, you know, so like in either collectibles, housing market vehicles, other things like that, uh, okay, will this will this garner me something later on? Yep. And um, you know, and we're starting to see a lot of those things. Some of them are paying off. Some of those are not. So, <laughs> I would and, definitely agree with that statement there. And, and that and that's the same type of thing that also happened in the uh, the late seventies, early eighties as well. Not that I'm a so, historian or anything, but <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to get into it, um, that's where we start moving from pension plans to. Uh, 401k plans. Yes. So I don't want to become a money show today because, you know, I could talk about this for Uh, hours, but I I would say I'm, I can't pass over this piece of history and how it sits in the book. Right. I think Mm -hmm. it's something we needed to talk about and address because it wasn't just comic books that were going up in price. And I will say the other thing that relates to now too, is the increased price of pulp and paper and Mm -hmm. supply chain. Yeah. And not being able to literally get the paper to publish the comic books uh-huh. at a reasonable price anymore, and I know you've experienced this in publishing your own books. Yes, uh, both in uh, with with uh, standing publishers that that should not have those types of resource issues, and uh, as a as a self published uh, indie creator as well on the other side of the spectrum. So it's one of those things where it's like uh, I would expect that. 
from you know indie press it's like okay hey little guy i'm sorry but you can't get your your you know 300 run because we're we're just really short uh but you know seeing that like the the large um publications that that i work with are having the same issues it's 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 an interesting thing to be on the sidelines of uh but on the flip side of things too just to get back to the book itself i mean it does it does stand to say i mean it does it does fit this discussion because we do see oliver queen go from a millionaire or billionaire uh in the book (laughs) to losing everything and then having to start back from scratch right uh in in his in his own story so i mean it it is it is a contemporary story in a sense (laughs) yeah well and in the next page we get records that teach us how to play folk guitar Oh, and you know what? I mean, who didn't pick up a guitar or a ukulele during the last two years? Honestly, this is one of the first ads that fits the story. It does. Actually, it really does. Because uh, I really thought that he was in that first, in the first like page or so, I really thought he was kind of riffing a little bit, like that whole entire jacket ensemble he had. And I thought he was kind of like going to just bust out some folk music. While he's walking down the street. And then we get a bunch of 25 cent novelty items, which nice. don't fit into the story at all. No. But, but I think you'd cool. appreciate I do. I want those. I like the all purpose greeting card. I wonder what that is. Uh, it is for everything. You can use it for anything. It's got, got something you can like probably cut and use for everything. The, the zombie eyes. I, I remember those things. You put them on stuff. Well, well, back to the book. So, back to the book. Uh, we get back to Green Arrow's apartment. Um, they emphasize tem- tenement apartment, right? Because, you know, he's poor. Yeah. And he says, uh, yuck, I feel like a 100 pounds of boiled inner tube. I'm not, I guess I would just be rubber, right? Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Um, and <laughs> Green Lantern's like, brother... Why do people use this stuff? And he said, Lantern Chums, we dumped it. We lost the baddies. We lost the evidence. We, <laughs> we were suckered by slimy junkies. Uh-oh. So now the bleeding heart, Green Arrow, who defends the poor and downtrodden, is attacking the his neighbors and friends. Yes. Okay. He says, boy, oh boy, a dandy pair of crime fighters we are, which, yeah, not, not so great. They weren't. I mean, they just kind of walk in there and like didn't really pay attention to what was going on. No, they did not. They really aren't very good at their job sometimes in these stories, but that's okay. That's true. And he's like, if Speedy hadn't figured it deduced, if Speedy hadn't deduced, you know, he's back into being green arrow, you know, man detective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where those punks were. And he's totally still looking at, at Speedy as like this guy that was actually out there trying to, to track down. He has no clue what's Solve going on. The crime. And I mean, it is shocking in the end because I've read this multiple times. But I mean, if you're the reader and you were reading between the lines, you had figured out that Speedy wasn't out there to like track them down. He never shows up in his Speedy gear. He doesn't have his outfit. He doesn't have his arrows with them. He's like just hanging out. Yeah, he's just hanging out with his friends. Mm-hmm. So and then, of course, and then Space Cop is like, I still don't understand why these people poison themselves. I don't understand. Ha, ha. Get ah, off my lawn. He said with heroin and pills. Yeah. Hey, we finally get heroin. All yes. right. We get the, yes. All right. And Speedy steps in. He's like, I'm tired of this shit. I, oh God, that's my first cuss word of the whole episode. Now I'm going to mark it explicit. Oh, no. 
Well, he says, maybe I can throw some light on the reason GL. Uh, say a young cat has someone he respects, looks up to an older man. And say the older man leaves, chases around the country, gets involved with others and ignores his young friend. Then the guy might need a substitute for friendship. He might seek it in junk. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Next week on Hoarders, Speedy and his junk. <laughs> Hi, this is Speedy. I'm here and this is Dr. Jovan Klemowitz. He's an expert in psychological hoarding. Speedy, tell us what you think. I tell you, I can get rid of it anytime I want. I don't have to keep it all. I could, I could box it up and get rid of it whenever I want. No, don't take that away. Don't take that away. I need that one piece. Now, I just need you to set it over here. We're going to have a, a donate pile, and we're going to have a keep pile, and we're going to have a throwaway pile. I'm now, having everything is in the keep I'm having, pile. I'm, doctor, I'm having trouble breathing right now. I, I, I can't put it over there. I can't. I can't. I can't. Now, we've got to get you to donate some of the things right here. And so I, I, I understand. Yeah. So as, as next week on Hoarders, we'll find out if, if the government takes Speedy's house and property. But back into the comic book. Gee, Speedy, all your tail lacks is violin music. So Green Lantern, Green Arrow blows him off again. Yeah. And so, yay. He's so not, Green Lantern he's not picking and, it up. <laughs> yeah, Green Lantern uh, heads home, I guess. Uh, and he'll see him in the morning. So he's going to fly all the way across the country to Coast City, and then he'll fly back in the morning. I guess so. And uh, Green Arrow heads back in, and then we've got a drug deal going right on the street that Green Lantern completely ignores as he flies away. Yeah. You can see it's just happening right there. And then we have Green Arrow and he's like, Speedy, I'm going to cook up some chili. He's always referring to his scorching chili that no one can eat. <laughs> this is a running thread from this point in Green Arrow to now. Um, so it continues to be brought up. And then you see Speedy with his kit out and Green Arrow's like, oh, dear God, you are on drugs. You're really a junkie. And Speedy just simply says, who else did you think I was talking about? <gasps> and it doesn't end yet. It can't. Next issue, the most shattering conclusion ever. And whew, first page in the next issue, I'm going to take issue with. So we'll have some history in between. All right. But I think, you know, that place in time, um, as far as the story was, they do actually mention heroin. Yeah. Uh, we get a letters column uh, where you get some people that are pretty critical of the book. Of the books that led up to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot the child that destroys them, too. Yeah, the the Hitchcock stories. That was really good. There's so many good books here um, without getting into it. Uh, but I do recommend it. I actually own this comic, so I get to read the letter pages whenever I want to. And, <laughs> and they're pretty fantastic through this run. Uh, not everybody was ready for the switch. They weren't. It just it and, wasn't. Yeah, you definitely get some pointed responses to what's going on in these stories. What are you doing? Why did you do this? Yeah. And some, hey, you liberal trash, what are you doing? Kind of things, too. Well, I mean, everything changes. <laughs> yep. And then we get a Green Lantern demand classic, The Strange Trial of the Green Lantern. And I didn't have us review the story, but we immediately get followed up with a classic Green Lantern Silver Age story. Yep, which and does not fit, does not, does not, uh, I, it doesn't, it doesn't 
tail doesn't dovetail off of the other story. No, I mean, the only thing that I get out of this is I get Gil Kane art in the same issue as Neil Adams art, which. Yeah. OK, it, it's really it's really cool. But at the same point, it doesn't it's like it's just two different stories and they're very, very, very different. Awkward. It's they're awkward to have yeah. next to each other, to be honest. Yeah. And, hey, but we've got Sinestro and, you know, he's the bad guy because he's red and he has a mustache that he that's, can twirl. That's right. And there's yellow light. <laughs> And that's bad. Bad for Green Lantern rings, apparently. It is. They're all stuck. Spoiler. So uh, we will end with Speedy, um, Green Arrow, finding out that Speedy is, in fact, on drugs, if you hadn't figured out through the story. <gasps> and, Greg, I, obviously you've read this before. How old were you when you read this story the first time? I, You know, I think I think I read this one in high school. So I was old enough to I was old enough to know what was going on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you read it younger than I did. I don't think I got it until into my 20s. Really? Yeah, later in my 20s, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I, I want to say like. I mean, I these think? weren't actually easy to come by. They're still no. expensive. Yeah, I think I like I I think I I was I I was going through somebody else's comics and and saw it and read it. You know, so I was like one of those probably probably going through like we're probably trading comics at scouts or something like that. So like, Oh, read this, read this. Read and this. like nobody else wanted those old issues of green lantern, but you're like, please, thank you. I'll read please and Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're at summer camp, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did pick up um, some of the green lantern, green arrow run that happened that Mike Grell drew, but the, cause those weren't as expensive. Like I grabbed a couple of O'Leary's like I have one. Oh, I'm just looking at my list here. I have one Oh one. I know I have that cover. Um, I have a couple of other ones that I snagged along the way, but those were like, those were, I have 91, I have 101, uh, you know, a couple I snagged for a couple bucks every once in a while, but I definitely didn't have this run. Yeah. Mm. And so it does look like that, that Jesus on the airplane was after this issue, after this issue. And we've got, yeah, the native American story was definitely before this issue, population uh stories before this issue so so while yeah, they're the, on the trip the yep and then when they got back um they had to deal with the uh the the black hand and the plastic oh, crisis yeah. and they had to this is after they got back so they didn't go see speedy so poor speedy he was all alone for a long time yeah he was he was all alone from issue 76 until issue 85 so a whole year they just left poor speedy alone and then they came back to town and didn't even hang out with him no i mean well green green arrow had to go find his lady who left him yeah (laughs) so yeah um wow well we have we will have to continue next time to find out the fate of speedy and what happens to speedy uh, we'll do a little bit of history on this book and talk about a little bit more about Neil Adams and in memoriam and also, you know, a little bit about Denny O'Neill. I often think Denny O'Neill doesn't get enough credit for these stories. Yeah. And he gets, and, you know, the, the great, the, the, the great Neil Adams run. And it's like, yeah, but Denny O'Neill was writing them. He was writing them. And there's a, I mean, they, they work so well together to tell these stories, you know? So there's a lot of really good storytelling, both visually and, and with the words. And because of this run, of course, we get, uh, because of this run, uh, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill go on to do Batman. So, and some of the most famous Batman 
comics that are out there. So there's a lot that came out of this. But yeah, it's a pretty intense issue. Uh, you can't you can't really experience it without seeing the art. Yeah, no, you have to see it. It's it is every every panel has something great in it, and it is just really really good. I mean, even the backgrounds, like the posters and stuff like that. You're looking at those posters in the backgrounds and all the different stuff in his apartment, and it's just everything looks great, and everybody everybody's. We've talked about this before, like all of his character designs and stuff like that. They just always look really good. And there's so much detail there. Yeah. Um, Even, even, you know, mad respect for Gil Kane because it's Gil Kane, right? But you Mm -hmm. go later on in the book and you look at this old issue and just the editorial challenges, right? That the improvements, you've got the detail there, probably with part of it with Denny O'Neill being an editor and a writer, right? So he's going to be very detailed himself. Uh, I'm sure editorial was paying a bunch of attention to this issue too. So everything was going to be in line. Um, But you go later on in the book and on page it's labeled page eight down at the bottom of the second story, but green lantern sitting at a chair and he doesn't even have the symbol on his chest or no, they took it off him. Okay. never mind. Um, So that was intentional, but yeah, it just, you know, the backgrounds are just solid walls, right? It's just Mm -hmm. kind of generic space backgrounds. Yeah. And here every background is a cityscape or, a detailed you know, poster, like you said, um, even like when the, the crazy Green Lantern things happen, you can see like the building and the things mm-hmm. behind it. Like the detail is is ridiculous. There's, it's there's so much texture. It's and it, it just draws your eye to it. And you can go back through and, and pick up different stuff. Like as mm-hmm. I read this, the between uh, my, my my initial read when you told me we were doing this issue and then reading it and then rereading it again prior to us recording, I, I was like, man, it's so rich. <laughs> How can well, I miss I that think, detail? Yeah. And page four and five yeah. are two of my favorite art pages in the history of comics, just where he's in the city and no one will help him. Yeah, oh yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous because it's like, it's, it's very like, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous because it's so true that that kind of thing would happen if you saw if, if something like that was happening. That's just it's it's so real. And we're telling the whole story in pictures, basically. Yeah. Which is it's a picture medium, right? Sometimes yeah. that just needs to happen. You only have four bubbles of text on the whole page. And one of those bubbles is help me. So, yeah, so it's good. pretty fantastic. Well, there's a lot here. Yeah, a lot. What are you up to, Greg? What are you working on right now? What am I working on? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. Well, you're working on nothing uh, that you're allowed to talk about. Yep. And <laughs> I'm working on nothing as well. So, with that in mind, I guess this puts an end to issue 85 of Green Lantern, Volume Two, from 1971. And we will circle back to find out the fate of Speedy, of Green Arrow, of Green Lantern, and of course, the city of New York. Because <gasps> I'm gonna tell you, I think we have a message from like the mayor next. Oh, sweet, the mayor that left that city. Yeah, which I always think is hilarious because we get a message from the mayor of New York City, but the the artwork is pretty much running down his job as mayor. Because <laughs> <Mm-mm. laughs> Neil Adams, it's fantastic. I love it. All right. Well, 
Um, that puts a wrap on this issue of Funny Book Forensics. And thank you for joining us, our one listener. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you. And we do not appreciate the dogs. Uh, you know what time it is. Time for dogs. Yeah. <laughs>